Hey, this is Pastor Daniel McGee with Connection Church in New York City. Thank you for listening to our church's weekly podcast. We hope God uses this sermon to encourage you and to increase your faith in Him. If you'd like to know more about our church, please check out our website at ConnectionNYC.com or like us on Facebook at ConnectionNYC. Grace and peace be with you. Hey, Connection Church, this week we are online only, but we're still going to go through the Word of God and pick up where we left off before Christmas in the book of Acts. So if you would, please join me in the book of Acts chapter 8 to give you a moment to catch up and and get to Acts chapter 8. We're going through this series on Acts to highlight the role of the Holy Spirit, not only in the church in the book of Acts, but the church today, because the same church that was then is the same church that is today, a church that is filled with the presence of God known as the Holy Spirit. And we've seen throughout this book, throughout these first seven chapters so far, the Holy Spirit has a prominent role in empowering the people of God to do the work of God in a way that only God can do. We're going to pick up today where the last thing that we saw was a man who was full of the Holy Spirit named Stephen, and he gave this amazing sermon and defense before the Sanhedrin, which is like the Supreme Court, if you will, the religious authority of the day, and he told them that they were guilty of condemning Jesus who came to save them. Stephen was killed for that and martyred, and we also see right at the end of that that there was this man named Saul. Now, Saul approved of the killing of Stephen. He was standing there over watching and uh, and guarding that, and he approved of it. Well, Saul is going to be the person who's going to have a radical transformation by God's power, and mainly we call him Paul now instead of Saul, but he had two names, and I'll talk about that in a minute. But we're going to see how God radically transformed the life of Saul. But before we get to that transformation of Saul, we have some more work to do with the Holy Spirit. So in Acts chapter 8, let's pick up here in verse 1. And Saul approved of their killing Stephen. On that day, a great persecution broke out against the church in Jerusalem, and all except the apostles were scattered throughout Judea and Samaria. Godly men buried Stephen... And they mourned deeply for him. But Saul began to destroy the church. Going from house to house, he dragged off both men and women, and he put them in prison. So we see not only did Saul approve of the killing of Stephen, but he was actively persecuting the church. It was something that he was doing. He he was so zealous in the fact that he was doing God's work, he was blinded by that to the point that he was actually killing God's people and putting them in prison. Now in verse 4, we'll pick up there. Those who had been scattered preached the word wherever they went. Philip went down to a city in Samaria and proclaimed the Messiah there. When the crowds heard Philip and saw the signs 
he performed, they all played close at, paid close attention to what he said. For with shrieks, impure spirits came out of many. So these are d- demons that were coming out of people. And many who were paralyzed or lame were healed. And so there was great joy in the city. Let me pray for us and then we'll jump in. Lord, thank you so much for your word that Jesus has come to rescue us and to give us life. I pray that as we place ourselves under your word, that we would find peace with you and be empowered by your Holy Spirit the way you've designed us to be. Lord, bless our time together, and I pray for our church in Jesus' name. Amen. So a couple things stand out in these first few verses. Uh, The first is the obvious, that Saul is doing something incredibly vile. And this, we know, is going to be the guy who's going to do the opposite of that. In a few years, he'll actually be uh, credited for writing 13 books, letters of the New Testament. He'll actually be persecuted for his faith. So we see a radical transformation there, but we also see transformations happening through the work of the Holy Spirit through people like Philip. And Philip was scattered into a a city in Samaria because of the persecution. So the persecution came and they had to scatter for their their lives. And he was proclaiming the word. It says they were scattered in verse 4. That's where I am. They were scattered... And they preached the word wherever they went. Now, a lot of times we hear preach the word, and I don't know that many times we have a really clear understanding of what that means. Here's a very simple. Preaching the word means proclaiming, announcing the word. And the word here means message. And the message is what Jesus has done for us, that Jesus is the Messiah. So they were proclaiming Jesus is the Messiah. They were proclaiming God has come and has rescued us through Jesus and has sent the Savior. And he actually, in the next verse, in verse 5, it expounds upon that. It says they were scattered and they preached the word. And you see it more succinct. Philip went down to a city of Samaria and proclaimed, which is the same thing as preached, announced. He proclaimed the Messiah. And so that's the same thing. Preach the word, proclaim the Messiah, is announcing that Jesus has come and has brought salvation. So the crowds heard Philip, but not only were they hearing the words Philip said, but the Holy Spirit was doing something miraculous through Philip as well. They were seeing the signs, these miraculous signs that don't make sense. It doesn't make sense for a person who's paralyzed to get up and walk. It doesn't make sense for someone who's crippled in another way to, to be healed miraculously. And th- but that was happening. There were these impure spirits that were coming out of people, people that were... Uh, demon-possessed or demonized were, were being healed in the name of Jesus Christ. And so these powerful things were happening. And what happened was great joy was coming to the city. And imagine if you uh, are experiencing these miracles and you're seeing results and seeing people changed and people uh, healed and, and brought out of darkness into light, brought out of this bondage into freedom. You would have this great joy, and that was what was happening in the early church. It wasn't about having the right systems. It wasn't about having all these things. In fact, it wasn't even about having your 
uh, you know, having a great life because of Christ, because they were being persecuted. It was more of a, a pure focus on the fact that God has brought His kingdom and breaking it into this broken world, and now we're experiencing glimpses of that. And that glimpse of kingdom was bringing healing and peace for those who were demon-possessed, and these miraculous things were happening. Now, it starts to grab attention. So when we start to see that type of activity from God happening, it starts to draw attention. And so, and, and when attention comes, you're going to have opportunities for people to want to take advantage of it. I don't mean like be part of it. I mean try to take the power of God and wield it for their own benefit. And we're going to see that happen here in these next few verses. There's a man named Simon the sorcerer, and he notices, hey, look at all this stuff going on. I want to get in on the action here. So let's look in chapter 8 again, verse 9. Let's pick up where uh, Philip was in Samaria preaching, and miraculous signs were happening, healings, and great joy in the city. So in verse 9, Now for some time a man named Simon had practiced sorcery in the city, and he had amazed all the people of Samaria. So I think his, he was used to the amazement of people being on him, the people being amazed with him, and now other people are getting attention. He boasted that he was someone great, and all the people, both high and low, gave Simon their attention and exclaimed, This man is rightly called the great power of God. They followed Simon because he had amazed them for a long time with his sorcery. But when they believed Philip as he proclaimed the good news of the kingdom of God in the name of Jesus Christ, they were baptized, both men and women. Simon himself believed, and he was baptized. And he followed Philip everywhere astonished by the great signs and miracles that he saw. So now you see Philip is um, being so magnificent in, and God is doing such a magnificent work through him that even the one that people are proclaiming as the great one is wanting to follow him and being baptized and uh, astonished by what's God, what God is doing. So when the apostles in verse 14 in Jerusalem heard that Samaria had accepted the word of God, they sent Peter and John to Samaria. And when they arrived, they prayed for the new believers there that they might receive the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit had not yet come on any of them. They had simply been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then Peter and John placed their hands on them and they received the Holy Spirit. Now when Simon saw this, that the Spirit was given at the laying on of the apostles' hands, he offered the apostles money. And he said, Give me also this ability so that everyone on whom I lay my hands may receive the Holy Spirit. And Peter answered him, May your money perish with you because you thought you could buy the gift of God with money. You have no part or share in this ministry because... Why? He says, because your heart is not right before God. Repent, 
Repent means a change of direction. It means turn away from, turn away from this wickedness and pray to the Lord in the hope that He may forgive you for having such a thought in your heart. For I see that you are full of bitterness and captive to sin. Then Simon answered, Proclaim, excuse me, pray to the Lord for me so that nothing you have said may happen to me. After they had further proclaimed the word of the Lord and testified about Jesus, Peter and John returned to Jerusalem, preaching the gospel in many Samaritan villages. So a few things to highlight here as we look at this man named Simon. Simon saw what was going on and it it became like a business opportunity for him. I want this power so that I can grow in my status, uh, so I can grow in the way that other people will look to me as the, the powerful man of God, right? That's what they referred to him earlier, that uh, the great power of God. And so he sees this great power and he wants that and he, he offers them money for it. And Peter rightly sees through this and he says, you have no part or share in this ministry. You can't be part of this because you, your heart is not right with God. Is your heart right with God? That's the question I would ask. While we may not be as obvious as, as Simon in his request to pay money to get something, do we want to leverage God and His power to elevate our status? Do we want to use Him in order for others to think better of us? That can come out in, in many, many ways. And so that's the question I have. And one of the books I'm reading now is talking about having bondage, being in bondage to, um, to the evil spirits and even how Christians can be demonized or haunted and, and influenced, not possessed, but influenced by demonic powers. And one of the steps it talks about is the confession of sin. And that's what Peter tells Simon. He says, your heart's not right with God, so repent of this wickedness. Change from this wickedness. And so this is a great opportunity for us as individuals to say, where, where am I missing the mark with God? Where am I being rebellious toward Him? Where am I trying to, to leverage His power for my own glory instead of turning to God and worshiping Him and exalting His own glory? Where am I trying to manipulate He says, I see that you are full of bitterness and captive to sin. That's another aspect of, of what was wrong with Simon is that there was this bitterness within him. He was envious. Like, why, why did they have it better than me? Why do they have that power to, to lay hands on someone and for them to receive the Holy Spirit? And, and I don't have that. And there's this sin that's within him too. And he was captive to it. He couldn't get past it. So, the question I would leave us with today is when are you spending 
concentrated time allowing the Lord to just mine the depths of your own heart. And just saying, Lord, where am I missing the mark? Where, where am I trying to do this in your life? And Lord, reveal that to me so that I can turn from it. Reveal that to me so that I can be pure, that I can be free, that I won't be captive to sin, that I can find victory in this area of my life. And usually if you're falling victim, or, or not victim is the right word, but I guess victim, we'll, we'll go with that. But if you're falling into an area of sin repeatedly, there's some type of spiritual warfare that's going on in that moment. And most of the time, it's because there is a, an unconfessed type of sin that keeps us there. So if there's a, a certain area that you're continuing to fall in, then the question is, what sin are you not confessing to the Lord? We have victory. And if I could hear you say amen right now, I believe I would. We have victory in the name of Jesus. So we don't have to walk around worried about demonic forces or spiritual warfare. We have victory in that. But what we do fall in is where we start to give the evil spirits around us and in the world, and we give them permission to attack us. We give them opportunity because we're not confessing our sin. We are maybe bitter. We are looking for ways to leverage God for our own benefit, and we're not truly worshiping God. We're not full of the Spirit. So what we need to do is confess our sin, turn from them, and proclaim that we belong to the Lord Jesus Christ. Then ask the Holy Spirit of God to fill our hearts where these other things are filling us. The word of the Lord is also said here that they had further proclaimed the word of the Lord in verse 25. We're going to stop here at this verse. That this pops up. It's all throughout the Scripture. Sometimes Jesus is referred to as the Word, uh, the living Word of God. But the Word of God, the Word of the Lord, all these things talk about the promise that God has made to us through Him giving us the Messiah. Jesus is the Messiah, the Lord Jesus Christ. And Christ means Messiah. In fact, uh, my scripture here, the NIV, the uh, says Messiah usually instead of Christ. And it does here in this part. So when you see that, He is the Lord that we worship. It is Jesus specifically of Nazareth, Nazareth and also the Christ, the Messiah. This is the word of the Lord that Jesus has come to save us. And because of that, we have freedom. We're no longer captive to sin. We no longer are bound in darkness, but we can come out into the light and follow Jesus to the full. Next week, uh, I'm going to talk a little bit more about this, the way the Holy Spirit functioned here, because these believers believed, right? And they were baptized, but it, they had not received the Holy Spirit. And here's what I'd like you to think about this week as we lead up to next week. How many times in your life do you feel powerless over something? You know the right answer up here, but in here it's not making sense. You're not living out what you want to live out. You're not living out what you believe even. And so what's that disconnect? What's disconnecting from what we know to be true to what we're living out? I believe uh, the answer is the role of the Holy Spirit. 
And what we need is the power of the Holy Spirit living in us. And so there was this moment where they, were, they knew the right things, they believed that Jesus was the Messiah, but they had not surrendered, they had not received the power of the Holy Spirit. And that's something we'll look at more in depth next week and give you the opportunity to see if you have received that power from the Holy Spirit. It's an exciting time for me to, to look at as well as we continue to go through a, a challenging time, not just in our country and world, but just individually. I know a lot of you are going through challenges in your life and, and our family as well. And so what do we need in these times of trouble? We need the power of the Holy Spirit. You know what? What do we need in times of victory? We need the power of the Holy Spirit. And so we need the Spirit at all times, and we're going to look more at that next week. But as you go through this week, ask yourself this question. Where am I missing the mark like Simon? Where am I trying to leverage God? Where do I need to turn from this wickedness? Where do I need to confess these sins? And then once you confess those sins, you move on from them. You don't confess the same sin over and over and over and over and over. You confess it. And you trust that Jesus has forgiven you because this is the word of the Lord. Jesus has forgiven you. If you all who are in Christ, there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Amen? Amen. Let me pray for us and we'll go. Father, we bless you. We love you. We thank you so much for the word of the Lord that Jesus has come to save us and to give us life victoriously and eternally. Lord, I pray for our church. I pray for our faith in you to increase. I pray for us to find ways to um, spend quality time allowing you to expose the areas of our heart where we are, like Simon, trying to, to take your goodness and use it for our own benefit, our own, our own exaltation. So Lord, as we get those answers from you, I pray we would quickly confess them, turn from them, and then walk in freedom knowing that your Holy Spirit will fill those areas of our hearts to overflowing with your love and your presence. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.